0: Like to thank our sponsors, You <clears throat> Attack Pants,
1: and we, Gatorade we, Spitter Bottles. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 this podcast is this, this, this podcast pee break is brought to you by Mountain Ops Ignite. <laughs> oh, here uh, we're gonna be talking poaching. Is that right? Uh, I How guess to catch a poacher. How? Uh, with Tanner, Garrett, and Trevonics. Welcome back to the inspired wild podcast. Once again, we are office bound and um, catching up on a few things we wanted to, to bring up uh, this the, the, the idea of the problem of poaching. Um, you know I have guided in New Mexico quite a bit. That's probably the most direct uh, confrontation or maybe I should say interaction I've had with poaching. And to me, what blew me away was the fact that it was always, not always, but most of the time it was the locals. It was, it wasn't people coming in from out of state to who caused the problem of poaching. It was people coming from where they live, literally the locals, Um, and I don't know if it's a, 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 like they, they, they've been there so long they can do whatever they want or their grandpa hunted this country. So it was the
0: same guys or girls, Yeah, It was the same people over and over again.
1: Well, it was just locals, the people that they caught that, you know, you see something happen and uh, for, for at least again, my limited interaction was, it, it was always somebody who was local. That doesn't mean that, that you know, that always happens, but mm-hmm. what do you guys think?
2: No, I, yeah, I think there's, um, I think that's pretty spot on. I mean, a lot of times, I mean, I don't really understand it cause I, I couldn't do that. So I don't know <clears throat> why, why somebody does that, but obviously the locals are going to know where the animals are. And I, I really don't understand poaching at all, but what's well, a mindset.
0: It's a lifestyle. It's theft, right? It's really theft. Well, for sure, at its core, and I think
1: disrespect.
0: It's. But I think the the bulk of the poaching that occurs is by a very small amount of people. Oh right? yeah, like ninety percent of the poaching is done by ten percent of the poachers. one of those things, or, or, right, or, or even
1: less, yeah.
0: And it's just the people that have that mindset and the mentality of they're going to take something that's not theirs theft you know as you defined it trev and I, I wonder it's if it at some point becomes not so much about what they're stealing i.e a mule deer an elk an animal but the fact that they can get just get away with stealing something you know i mean it might, it's just the it thrill start, of, the, of the
1: breaking the yeah, law
0: exactly so it might start off maybe the first time they poach something they see a fantastic animal off the side of the road for example right they see the set of antlers like i want that and then they take it and then 50 60 70 animals later maybe it doesn't even matter the size of the animal anymore at that point it's i'm getting away with something that i'm not supposed to you
1: know it's interesting you say that because there's a guy in missouri Uh, the place we hunt there with Aaron and and Travis and those guys. Mm -hmm. After we left last year, uh, two or three days, I think maybe we were even getting ready to go on our Unit 44 hunt, Um, a guy got caught killing a monster whitetail buck off the road, headlights of his pickup, and the reason he got caught is then he went into the local speakeasy the local bar and started bragging about killing this deer and then some people of course you know a small town people heard about it stories didn't mesh out game department was called and turns out he shot it i think in the road um in the light of his pickup and Jeez. i mean this is a 185 190-inch whitetail. I mean, uh, just a stud. And the hard thing about this is we had – I think we had seen that deer because um, it was right on the edge of the property we hunt. And that's a. That's just a – and that guy, I wouldn't call him – like, he wasn't like a hardcore hunter because I think there is a trap.
0: So that would be like a crime of opportunity, right? Yeah. Is that how you would define that? Yeah. Versus the habitual criminal or, or the, habitual poacher. The guy
1: who goes out to poach. I don't know he, that this guy was driving. To, yeah, I don't yeah. know that he, he, you know, he had a, uh, a, a rifle in his hunt, maybe he had been hunting, and he was driving home or driving whatever, and the buck jumped out, you know, I don't know. Again, I wasn't there. I've just heard the, the hearsay, um, and he and he killed the buck. Um, you wonder if he had just thrown it in the truck and kept his mouth shut, what would have happened? I'd, I don't know. Um, But then I think you also have the kind of like what you're saying that I want that the guy (coughs) who poaches because um, he's so infatuated with large uh, trophy class animals. And that's why we have what we call the Samson law in Colorado, where if you kill an animal of a trophy class, you know, they have different levels for elk and deer and stuff like that. Then you get an extra fine and extra jail time potentially um, along with that, I think that uh, is good because what you're looking at, you're looking at a trophy class animal as a asset or a uh, um, something valuable, something more valuable. Uh, that not that I'm demeaning an animal that doesn't have as large antlers, but if you look at it, hunters as a whole, what do we we seek these trophy class animals? It's that's the uh, holy grail, if you will, the pinnacle on the mountain and um, for somebody to go and see the local town buck that grows over five years because he lives in town, and now he's a 200-inch deer. Same thing outside of Meeker. You remember that deer we saw in Meeker, mm-hmm. that what, 200-inch-plus buck, yeah, and deer. then ended up getting poached?
2: Yeah. Yeah, the Samson Law is uh, it's six or more points for elk on the side, um, and it's 22 inch inside spread for a deer. And I think the fine for those is like, it's a 10 grand fine on top of whatever, uh, whatever other fines you're getting for, for poaching.
1: And then of course, when poaching period, you lose hunting rights. And I believe there are some States that actually recognize poaching in other States uh, you know kind of like oh, you do almost all of them. tickets yeah, do you know so where it. you get a ticket in Wyoming but it goes against your insurance even if you live in Colorado because they share information yeah so I think that's good that's good what's your do you have any poaching stories <laughs> Tanner I do have a poaching story <laughs> I would like to hear your uh, either most recent or your favorite poaching story
0: so if you uh, you have a poaching story how long is it till
2: you can start hunting again <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, it's it's not it's different than that. I caught somebody poaching. Oh, you did? Okay. I did. Yeah. How'd that, I did. Tell us about that. So, um, a couple has probably. Oh, it's been a month.
1: Oh, that recent. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Tell me about.
2: It. So there's a spot um, near where I live. Um, this road goes up into BLM, eventually into into forest and. Um, it's all BLM or mostly BLM on the way up there and there's a spot along the road that for some reason holds deer every winter um, and I've I've seen good bucks there um, just along the road and I've picked up some pretty good sheds and so um, I go up there from time to time in the winter and glass and whatever and um, see what bucks are in there and so one evening, like I said, this has been probably month, month and a half ago, um, like beginning of January, I guess, um, beginning or middle of January, I went up there, um, I was driving up the road and I just happened off to the left side of the road, I happened to see a buck, um, 150 yards off the road, probably that's peeking out behind this cedar tree and, uh, so I I stopped and pulled up my glass and got to look at him. And then I noticed behind him, there was another buck in the buck in the back. And they're both pretty hard to see. The buck in the back is a really nice buck, big, wide, heavy buck, probably in the 180s. He's he's like a a four by five in line on his right side, pretty good buck. And uh, And so I'm looking at him and they're kind of just staring at me. And so I went up and turned around, and then I drove down the road as far as I possibly could um, and I just still keep sight of him. And I parked my truck, got out on literally right in the middle of the road and uh, set up my spotter and started taking video and pictures of him through there. And uh, you could only, I mean, pretty much just see his head and his antlers. And I'd probably sat there for Mm-hmm. Probably five minutes, and I could hear a diesel truck coming up the road. Um, and so, generally, what I do, I don't, I don't ever like people to see. You know, if I'm looking at a big buck, I don't like them to see that. It's just I don't want them to know. I'm look. There's a deer there. Don't want them to have any idea so like like in 44 <laughs> when we would turn our spotting scope backwards <laughs> yeah, and act like we were looking at the other <laughs>
1: side when we were actually looking yeah
2: yeah and so look away whatever so I can hear this truck coming and I'm like all right well I'll uh, just throw my spotter and everything back in the truck and uh, so I'm taking everything down throwing them in my in my back seat as they pass by so I'm kind of just looks like I'm just messing around with something in my back seat and I close the doors. They come by and they're like drifting up the road. Um, it was all snow packed and everything. So they're flying up the road in their truck. And (laughs) it was the one kid on, in the passenger, he looked maybe like late teens type. And then the other guy couldn't really tell, um, both kind of younger guys, I guess. And they come flying past me and I wave to them and they get, they drive up the road, they get pretty close to where all the deer are and there's some other bucks and some does and stuff in there and they're just kind of filtering through the cedars and i'm like come on come on please please just keep driving you know and and like i don't i don't know you know i'm not assuming these guys are up to anything bad or anything i just don't want them to know there's a good buck right here by the road and uh so they get kind of right up uh right where the deer are, and I watch them, and they stop, put on their brakes and stop. So I'm assuming what they probably saw was the does or one of the smaller bucks.
1: How far are they from these deer now? Like um, on they're the road?
2: probably a hundred yards, I would say. Um, but the deer kind of, their pickup is, is so loud as a straight pipe coming. So it's making all kinds of noise going up through there. Rattle trap. Yeah. And uh, so they get next to them and the deer kind of get nervous and they're all filtering out through the trees into the thicker stuff and uh so i'm assuming they saw some does or whatever and they stopped and they're sitting there looking at them so i'm like crap well i'm gonna i'm gonna go up there um and talk to them and just kind of get a feel for for what they're doing or whatever like so i jump in my truck and drive up and park next to them and they're kind of just they have the window down but they're not <laughs> they're not like looking at the deer or anything. And so I roll, I pull up next to them and roll my window down. I'm like, uh, what are you boys doing up here? And they were, they're super vague. Like, like, Oh, not much, blah, blah, blah. Just cruising around, whatever. Not, And then I, and then I was like, and they, so they definitely, I got the feeling that they definitely didn't want me to know that that buck was there or that there was bucks there at all. Um, so I'm like, oh yeah, that's a pretty nice buck over there, isn't it? And they're kind of like, oh yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty good. We've been we've been watching him a little bit, and as soon as they say that, they pull out a video camera, little handy cam, and they start like you know videoing him or pretending to video over there, and uh, so I'm just like, at that point, I'm like, this is kind of this is a weird. Like Sketchy. they're they're being and. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just have zero faith in humanity. But I was like, this is this is weird. And uh, so I there's only one way up and down this road. So I we're both headed up the road. So I pull forward and go to the next turnaround spot, and then I come back. And when I come back, they're still there, videoing him and uh, parked in the same spot. So as I go by, I didn't roll my window down. I didn't. Uh, I didn't even look over at the deer. Um, I didn't slow down at all. I just went past them, waved and just stared down the road. I was getting out of there, you know, so I drive down probably, mm, it was 150 yards to the next corner and it kind of went into the trees. That's where I was filming the buck originally, um, was from that corner. So I get down there and as I go around the corner, I just shut my truck off and rolled my window down and kind of coasted around that corner into the trees where they couldn't see me and so I'm like I'm just gonna it was like real close to dark like five minutes till it was dark probably um and so I'm like I'm just gonna sit here with my window down till it's dark and then I'll then I'll head out and I just like I just I didn't know it was just weird I just felt weird about the whole thing I just didn't want to leave those deer I knew the deer were headed into the thick stuff. So they probably wouldn't be able to see him after a while. So I stop, and my I'm sitting there with my window rolled down for probably two, maybe two minutes and I hear a gunshot. And I'm like, you gotta be joking. Like I was just- And you knew the direction. I mean, oh, you, you no, knew it was those guys. Yeah, straight. no, I was 200 yards from them. Yeah. And they haven't moved their truck. They haven't started their truck or anything. I'm like, you gotta be completely, you gotta be like crazy to do that i mean obviously they thought i left and i'd you know that's what i was trying to make it you know yeah. look like i'd left but i just did not in my wildest dreams imagine that they would actually shoot do that yeah. i was just you know being paranoid and uh i'm like you gotta be joking so i sat there for a minute because i didn't i didn't really want them to know that i had stopped and so i sat sat there for By 45 seconds and then they started their pickup and that thing's so loud i'm like i know they can't hear me now and so i went ahead and started my truck and started driving down the road um back towards the bottom back towards town and uh but through this whole thing i had never thought to look at their license plate at all so like i mean i didn't you know and i rolled up on them and i'm like oh these guys are gonna poach i'm gonna see what they're you, well, could I just, I, you could you uh, could ID the truck, just not yeah, the plate. Yeah, I just didn't have a I didn't have a plate, and uh, so I'm like, well, I need to I need to get the plate. Like, they I, I have to get that, but before, and they can they they don't have another way off of this road because, generally in the summer you can drive all the way to the top, go on in the forest and then hit a different road and go down. But in the winter there's way too much snow, so they have to come down off of this off that same spot. So, I drove down probably. Two or three miles towards real close to the bottom and the whole time i'm driving i called um the operation game thief hotline which uh i had saved in my phone i don't know like i don't know why i guess that's a good idea so everybody should probably save that in their phone so they have a number to immediately to call. call so i'm like going through my contacts find that call um and then it's kind of like a dispatch so the, the lady's like, I called her once. They didn't answer. I'm like, this is great. <laughs> like these guys are just going to get away with it or whatever. And then I called again, and somebody answered and they're like, Oh, would you like to re- remain anonymous? And I was like, no, I don't care. Like, whatever's, you know, best, whatever's best way to catch these guys. So she's like, all right, well, I'm just going to patch you straight through to a, a officer then. So county or did they patch you to CPW? CPW, okay. uh, the local. Cuz that operation game think game thief is uh it's just like a I don't even know where it's based out of, but I guess it's just a it's like a dispatch right, deal. So she's the number I think was like somewhere over here and then she found out whatever officer was on on duty in that area and uh and put me through to her. And, uh, so end up talking to the game warden and she's like, well, what happened? Blah, 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 I explained it. And she's on the other side of town. And I'm like, there's no way she's getting here, you know, in time. I, I didn't know how long they were going to be up there or whatever. So I, I went and found a pull off and just waited and, uh, <laughs> let my nerves settle. I was, oh, I was mad. I was like shaking. You were so mad. Oh, I was, I, uh. As,
0: as, well plus there is some anticipation that you know stuff's going to get real when they come down yeah right? like i can do that I, mean, I don't
2: know what's going to go well on, and but. you
1: know they have a weapon <clears throat> oh yeah i mean so that was the thing about when i was a police officer difference in a game warden is when i went to a, a call you weren't sure or not if they had a weapon right but with every hunting situation game officers when it's in the check and license is what it might be a bow but everybody you encounter has a weapon yep so in this situation you know they've already committed a crime with a weapon i mean you're talking about the it's upping the scale of your safety right yeah
2: and i i mean i don't know like (laughs) it was definitely an adrenaline dump and i was just mad and i'm like what i mean how stupid are these guys? Like, and that's the other thing too, is like, if you're just sit there two minutes after four, after I leave air quotes, you know, and shoot a buck right off the road, like, I mean, what yep. else are they right. I mean, I don't know. So I, so I'm down there waiting and I waited down there probably 30 minutes and it's well after dark at this point. And finally I can see headlights coming, and they come, they come by me and I, I uh, pulled out and they're flying, like they're going fast down this road. And I pulled out behind them. And at the bottom of the road, there's a little canyon and the, the road kind of winds down through it for, oh, it's not that far, it's like a quarter mile, but it's a steep canyon on both sides. I'm like, these guys are gonna go off the road. And um, as, and then, so as soon as I pull out behind them, I realize that <laughs> the the plates are temporary plates. On this pickup, so like they, they've just bought it, and the numbers on the Colorado temporary plates are like pretty small, an inch yeah. <laughs> tall. I'm like, you've got to be joking! They're not reflective. So let me,
1: let me. Uh, this is my police, uh, my ex police officer's <laughs> brain going out? So did you, did you let them get by and go around the corner before you pulled off?
2: No, they were. It's so open on that road. There's not really a place for me to hide. Um, so they saw me as I, as they came by, and I just I was like. I was kind of trying to look for a place, but it's down in the sagebrush and stuff where I could, I could pull out. But I didn't want them to. Did you lay down in the seat?
1: <laughs> no, I was just,
2: I was just like kind of sitting there, and leaning back. And I know as soon as they, I, I mean, I don't know what's going through their head, but as soon as my, they saw my lights come on and stuff, I'm sure they were like, you know kind of yeah. sweating a little bit, but so they they come flying by and they're headed into this canyon. I'm like, these dudes are gonna end up in the bottom of this canyon. And I couldn't I got kinda close and I mean I've been driving that road since I have my license, probably before that, for being honest. And uh so I knew it was coming I know I've drifted around some of those corners <laughs> before in the canyon. So I mean I was like they're not gonna be able to get away from me but these guys are flying and uh i I got the number i thought like it's hard when you're looking at you know a temp plate you know because like like i said they're not reflective i mean you're just using headlights or the light their license plate light and uh you got the number meaning you memorize it, or you're like
0: trying to take a photo
2: no, with your I phone. No, me- I memorized okay. it. Um, As you're drifting around the corners. Yeah, well, they they did drift. <laughs> they they hit one of the corners kind of sideways, and then they slowed way down because <laughs> they probably almost they're probably crapping their pants thinking they're going to go off the edge, and so they went around the corners, and I was still ways behind them. I thought I had the number, but I wasn't sure. Um, and then it's, they they hit pavement. At the bottom, and I don't are you know, are
1: you on the phone with dispatch this whole time?
2: Um, or
1: did you get back on it?
2: Or I th- I don't think I was talking to him at the time. I'd already talked to him, and then um, I texted the number uh, what I thought the number was um, to the officer as we're driving, and then they hit pavement at the bottom, and it's like they tried to like I don't know. They tried to play it off after that, like. I was behind them and they slowed like way down like to the speed limit and like i don't even drive the speed limit on that road because you're never going to see a sheriff or anything so so i don't know i don't know what they're doing but I, I followed them to a stop sign and they stopped at the stop sign and i pulled up behind them got the number i was like okay yeah that's the right number they went left i went right um and i just i i mean I just let them go. I don't know. I don't know where they went after that or whatever. Um, I assume they probably wouldn't drive to their house if I was following them. I didn't really want to <laughs> drive to their yeah. house anyways, you know, and I didn't know what else to do at that point. And, um, but the whole time I'm like, crap, they're going to, now, you know, they're going to ditch the deer or something, or I don't even know if they have the deer at that point, but they're going to know that, you know, I, I was following them and, so i i figured that would probably complicate things and so i was kind of mad at myself i hadn't you know looked at the plate when i just talked to him and would have been a lot more subtle but anyway i got (laughs) got the number and the um so you take a right they take a left yep and so that was that i uh called the officer i'm like yeah that was the right number um she's like well i'm about you know 30 minutes out from there um She's like, "I can just give me approximate you know where they're at and stuff, and I'm like no i can I can show you and uh so she's like, Okay, that'd be a big help, blah blah, I'll meet you at the bottom of the road in thirty minutes so um so she finds she got there and we drove up to the spot that the buck had been, and we looked around and we actually looked around for a long time, and it's like it's dark, and there's deer tracks everywhere um." so it actually took us a long time to find their footprints, but we ended up finding tracks and it was all, there's a foot of snow. So, I mean, it'd be hard for them to, if I'd have done it, I would probably would have, you know, jumped from sagebrush to sagebrush, (laughs) but they, uh, they jumped off the road. So they didn't leave tracks right next to the road. They jumped off the road a ways, but then they just walked out through the snow. And so I waited on the road and she, uh, the officer walked out there and found drag marks and blood um, about where I said the deer was, and uh, so that was kind of that was kind of the end of end of that. She called up another officer, um, and I guess they went and did a. They took their evidence kit out there that night and got everything, and I guess what ended up uh, they found the carcass and the buck had been skull capped, so whatever buck they shot they just they just cut the horns off right there cut the skull cap off and it had to have been in the back seat of the truck because it was a flatbed truck and I, I obviously didn't see it there so so that was that was a pretty eventful so what happened so the it kind of took a few weeks i went in um and did a photo lineup within within several days of of that happening um and ended, I ID'd I the driver, um, obviously, I mean, I got a pretty good look at him. The passenger, I did. A, I went in and did a second photo lineup and he either wasn't on there or it's a six, it's like a six person lineup. Right. Um, and so he either wasn't on there, or I just couldn't, or didn't recognize him or whatever. So I don't exactly know um, about the passenger. Um but it I it was kind of quiet for a couple weeks, and then um, I talked to the the game warden again, well, and I had obviously I had video and pictures of the deer, all this stuff, so um <laughs> and then they ended up talking to him, making contact, and I guess he admitted to killing that deer, and then they said, um... They got him for other stuff, which I they didn't they didn't say what it was, but they said they got him for all kinds of stuff. And was uh, that the driver? Yeah, and uh, did he ever give up the passenger? I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I I need to follow up and um, talk to him about it a little bit. But so I guess they got him on you know felony charges and everything. And I know that buck um, that buck definitely qualifies for the Samson law,
1: dude. So did you see the? the the antlers after this sco- no, so you haven't seen I him. haven't
2: seen him and I don't know if he had them and they confiscated him or he got had got rid of them I don't know um, any of that so but it was it was freaking it was crazy
1: well it's like that's it's, it reminds me of that story a couple of years ago at at Hunt, Western Hunting Expo where, oh
2: yeah, the buck showed up. Where w- w- was it? You that had a friend? It uh, was Charlie Barnum. Charlie Barnum, yeah, yeah.
1: Charlie had a friend who'd been watching that buck in s- Southwest Wyoming, and everybody knew about this. Buck. Yeah, he, li- he, he lived was on, on, on private. Yeah. yeah, and he had they had footage of that buck after the, s- the rifle season had closed. He's still living, everything like that, and then all of a sudden, I mean, literally they have video footage with timestamp of when they took it and it's after the season then he shows up in Utah the mount shows up yeah the, the yeah. buck shows at up western. mounted yeah. Yeah. i mean he he took it to a taxidermy in Utah mounted it so they could show it at the western hunting expo and right away charlie's like i know that deer yeah that deer was poached and then after the western hunting expo we all found out that yeah that guy got nabbed um you know cuz they did have Charlie's buddy had footage of him and so yeah it's
2: i i I just I don't understand I guess what goes through I know with that buck I'm sure they were leaving the deer were leaving cuz they were nervous and so I'm sure they just got those guys just knew he was going to get away from them and they just couldn't resist I think I mean cuz I mean I like I said I'd been gone for two Mm -hmm. minutes and they and there's people there is a there's several houses uh up that road um that people there's two or three people that live up that road um year-round above there so i mean somebody could drive through at any time and i'm i think those guys were you know local i don't know for sure yet but i'm they're local and i assume they know that they,
0: they told you that they had been watching it yeah, right. and, I, and, and I don't know they that they view.
2: meant watching it or if just that night. I, I mean, I, that's kind of what I got. Like we saw it, you know, over there. Oh, I got you. I don't know if they'd been watching it, um, because I'd been up there before that too and hadn't seen that buck, and uh, it, it was after a significant snowstorm. So I, I, I think he may have been just moved in there. And then the other thing that I was kind of, I was kicking myself for not just kind of staying there, you know, and those guys wouldn't have shot him. But then on the other hand... Prevent
0: the crime instead of reporting the crime. Exactly. And I was kind
2: of... But then, like, one of the wardens was like, yeah, but the deer's going to be there. They're going to come back the next night when you're not up there. Right. And they're going to shoot him. I mean, those deer, they're there all the time during the winter. That's
1: the hard thing about uh, criminals in a way that... You know, we talk about if we can keep guns, you know, let's, 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 uh, this whole thing that guns are bad. But the fact of the matter is the criminals are going to find a way to get the resources to do the crime. And if you could snap your finger and all handguns were gone, what do you think they would use? Then it would be rifles. Then it would be knives. I mean, you see Mm -hmm. what's happened with the terrorist groups. They've, you know, with the lockdown on. On suicide bombers. They're just taking trucks. Mm-hmm. People are going to, that are pre uh, supposed or, or pre wired to do these things, they're going to find a way to do it. So, it, in a way, you know, it was good that you were able to get that because now we have the opportunity to hopefully rehabilitate someone and teach them their, their ways, which is the whole reason we have the legal system. Right. It's not to imprison people, but it's to deter from the crime and to rehabilitate those. But on the other hand, how many other deer would have died?
2: Yeah, yeah, and I and I mean they and they had said that like the um the lady that is the officer one of the officers for that area, she's like, this is literally the type of case that we dream about at night, but we will never ever get she's like she said that, you know, a lot of times we'll get calls on somebody will find a buck with its antlers cut off, and that's what they have to go off of. You know, that's the it. deer's been dead for five days. Right. And she's she said, literally, this is, like, uh, you know, the best possible outcome. You Other could than like, them a,
1: sitting there watching the yeah. crime happen, this is as good as it gets. And I
2: guess, and, and I don't know all the details. I'd like to know more. I don't know how much, if I could just call up, like, what they can tell me i don't know what I, I, they, they,
1: they have to be careful cuz if it's under investigation until until the investigation concludes and then you go to court they they have to be real careful
2: but i yeah so what but from what i gather they were able to really build a super strong case before even you know before the guy even knew what was going on and they like like i said earlier they got him for other violations which i have no idea what those I mean, it could are, have been, yeah, it, well,
1: There was a big case in northern New Mexico if you remember 10 years ago or so maybe even less than that and it was a kind of a poaching thing like this and, and they assumed it was a guy going out and poaching deer kind of like this maybe onesies and twosies or whatever and when they finally built enough to I think get a search warrant or whatever and they went into his property or his barn or something and there was 50 skull caps And I mean, just an, just something that was mm-hmm. just amazing. So, I mean, you know, you start out with one, it could have been the similar thing. This could be something this guy does a lot and you just happen to see that one time, you know, but it's, he could have
2: gotten away with it 50 times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So now, now, so there's a reward for doing that. It's either cash points or a limited, tag from the unit and so they've been talking to me about that but it's i kind of feel like bad for taking and i I don't know i guess i don't know why but i kind of feel bad for getting like anything off that and i i i really don't know why like i don't i kind of don't want the points or don't want i don't want a tag there because it's not that great of a unit or anything but um get the points yeah, well, and that's what everybody's told me, like, everybody, like, Louis, uh, <laughs> Louie Fulton, he's like, oh, dude, get, you know, get points, that's a, uh, uh, but I, I don't know, for some reason, I just kind of feel bad, like, I told him, like, I don't, that's not why I did it. Right, but, but the reason they have the uh,
1: cash, and that the reward system is to get people to go wait, mm-hmm. okay, I need some incentive um to step out of your comfort zone uh, yeah it's sad we should all as sportsmen do that, sportsmen do that out of out of obligation but uh, a, a good example is i know a gentleman who caught a moose hunter poached a moose here in colorado and he got a moose tag out of it really i mean what price tag can you put on that he killed a big moose um <laughs> and uh but you know the chance of, of of that happening um is is pretty small but i i don't i, I understand your quandary of do i you know i don't feel good about yeah, taking n- it but i'm not
2: trying to like sound greater than thou but i just it just feels <laughs> well you do <laughs> well i am but <laughs> no. i'm not trying to sound that way
1: no. Well, I, I think there's also a clause you can gift that those can to you? somebody okay. so i think yeah. you should probably just gift those to me yeah
2: gary you need you points well, Garrett yeah, so. doesn't
1: need <laughs> points for freaking forkies. <laughs> right, uh, you're funny. right. You're right, I do. not
2: <laughs> No, I just,
1: yeah. How about you give me just the cash? The cash. Well, call, well good, I do yeah. think this. I can com- <laughs> I commend you on <clears throat> everything you did. I think was done. You did you, you were smart. Um, when the shooting happened, you didn't show up guns ablaze in yourself. You 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 did the smart thing. You, you got the people involved that needed to be there. You got the information that they needed in order to track them down. Apparently, they found them or else, you yeah. know, but they wouldn't have found them. Maybe with the description of the vehicle and the noise and you could have got that. But with the temporary tag, it's going to – they're going to be able to find it a lot yeah. quicker. Um, but I think that it, in a situation like that, you could have – you had a feeling – you, you you trusted yourself enough you put yourself at, you know a little let's be honest you were a little sneaky you went around the corner shut the old truck <laughs> off coasted to you know and yeah. then and then you just sat there boom and then you're in disbelief probably as you said shaking mad yeah. that they would just do that because it's so out of, out of your realm of ethical behavior and then but then you stuck with it so i commend you on that
2: well and like when i when i when i parked and rolled in my window i literally i remember thinking how stupid this was like why am i sitting here like i have you know i want to go home and eat dinner uh, i'm like why why this is stupid this isn't i'm just gonna sit here for 20 minutes and then go you know what i mean but it was just it was weird like i it was just i had this bad feeling in my gut i guess
1: yeah well that's sometimes that's what it takes i mean um I had a situation when I was a police officer. It was, I, you know, in a college town, Las Cruces, New Mexico. Friday night. What's the number one call you're getting? Loud party calls, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's college town, and I go to this one apartment, and it just so happens we had had two different drive-by shootings that evening. And I go in and I start talking to these. I go. I'm not even there for them. They're out in the parking lot, and I'm here to talk to to uh, approach this one. Apartment that was loud, and I was just going to tell him to turn down. And of course, I'm always your your senses are your spidey senses are always tingling, right? When you're Mm -hmm. when you're a police officer because you've uh, you've got jobs to do. You you know you you're always looking for what, trying to be, uh, uh, trying to stop things happening before they happen. Well, I talked to this guy, and I got that same I don't know if it's same feeling, but a similar feeling like something's just not right. Mm -hmm. And this is two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. Our calls had gotten down quite a bit there wasn't a lot going on people had gone to bed and they're out here you know having a good time but this one guy was really nervous and so i right away right away built some rapport and started talking to him and uh, happened to look in his car because i always it's for my safety i mean if there's a weapon there or whatever and i see spent shotgun shells on the floorboard of the passenger seat well Okay, it wasn't dove season. It was middle of the summer, you know. And I'm going what? And I'm looking at this, and so you guys, you guys, you know, I start asking questions, you know, where would these come from. Oh, we were out shooting, and oh, really, you guys, what, what do you, what, what do you shoot, you know? I, oh, I had twenty gauge, da, 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 you know. Start going through, and then I start, just, I, right away, I figure something, something ain't right here. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, yeah, but something ain't right. Make a long story short, by the end of the night. I caught the two guys that did the drive-by, it, it, and you know, of course, after I started getting a hinky feeling, I'm calling for some backup, mm-hmm. and he they confessed by the end of the night, and I I'm going back and forth, and I'm, fi- I'm connecting dots, and I just remember it was it was satisfying because I I trusted my 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 gut, and. Uh, I asked the right question. I built rapport. I asked the right questions, and um, and you know pretty soon we're you know we, we something that was a loud party call I turned around and that that was a big deal. Two drive-bys in the same night. Mm-hmm. I mean we're we're looking and this and that and this and that and to be able to turn around and of course that all we have is it was a dark sedan right that type, that's our mm-hmm. description of the vehicle right that's all we got yeah and he. Got in an argument with somebody or whatever, and went hmm. by and shot his girl, the guy's girlfriend's house up, and then shot his mom and dad's house up, and they were on opposite sides of town. And uh, it was with birdshot, and you know, but still, it's it's something significant, and uh, mm-hmm. so I think I say that not just to point out that sometimes when you have a feeling. There's something within us, I think, that picks up on cues that in our subconscious. Sometimes we just got to pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, I've been going through this whole uh, concealed carry class uh, myself, feeling that in a way, with the training I have, having been a police officer, that if I were to go into a movie theater and like they had down in Denver, that somebody walked in, and if somebody would have had a weapon, five or six lives would have been spared. Mm -hmm. and as i'm getting older i realize that somebody's got to do it and so i've gone and take my concealed carry class and all that stuff because of the fact i have the training there's a point where you have an obligation and you do for sure because you're in the outdoor industry you Mm -hmm. uh, i don't know that i've ever met somebody who's as ate up with mule deer as you are not just killing them but seeing them and making sure they survive people talk to you all the time uh, you're shed hunting craziness and yet you would never step into an area that would cause that deer herd population harm to shed hunt mm-hmm. you you would quit you would never pick up another shed if it if you knew that was causing them harm and yet to have that gentleman when we were in 44, I don't know if you heard about oh, this. Gosh. We were eating. We were hunting unit 44, and Num Nuts here has, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> what, what's your what's your license plate say?
2: Shedding. Shedding. Right? Shedding. So we, it's, stupid. it's
1: Mike's, Mikey, you, and myself, we're, we're literally <clears throat> getting our little dessert at Burger King to go back to the room. And a guy comes in and says, whose truck is that? And Tanner goes, oh, it's mine. And he goes, why don't you effing stop uh, killing the fawn population? Yeah. or something? He says something, right? And goes in the bathroom. And we're like, what? And we're paying for our, our desserts and we're about to walk out and he comes out. And he begins to berate Blaine Tanner for the, the loss of, of, of basically fawn recruitment and elk population decline because of tanner is a shed hunter totally unfounded right totally unfounded almost to a point to where i got up in his grill and i said dude back off
0: we're in a burger king <laughs> no
1: we're not,
0: no
2: now we're in <laughs> well, the, we took it to the parking. it escalated we're in the park no it. we were leaving <laughs> yeah
1: and he just kept at it and i finally just you know got it and i'm just dude back off and it's just amazing that um in us in that situation you are in, you know, for for what you care about the the, the animals that you really consider. Uh, it's not. It's more than a hobby. It's an obsession with you. I would say, is mule deer, and 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 here you are just enjoying the, the you know the, the these bucks and just watching yeah. them and stuff. And then here comes somebody, and boom, your spider senses just went off, and you were correct. Yeah. So i commend you on that
2: no it was it was rewarding it's really it really was rewarding to have the officer tell me like hey this we don't this is the best case that i'm ever gonna have in my career like i mean that that's pretty cool i mean the deer i'm bummed that the deer got shot and stuff but it was it was definitely not something i ever expected to happen
1: would you would you say if you were to give somebody uh advice on that i mean i think you you what you did was safe. number one, yeah. you never put yourself in jeopardy. I mean, you contacted those guys, but you contacted them just as, hey, what you guys doing? Yeah. you know, more of what's going on here. But then when after the rifle report and you heard that gun go off, you you kind of changed. you yeah. you you made sure you were safe, you didn't fight fo- like when they took a left, you had the information you needed, you took a right. Mm-hmm. you didn't follow them because then, you get in a situation now; they start running from you. What are you going to do? You're not a police officer; you can't chase them. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're putting other people in danger. And uh, so, I think you did really good. I think your your story is a great one to be told for what we can do safely. You know, so
2: yeah, yeah. I tried. I mean, <laughs> I mean, what's the protocol for that? I don't. <laughs> I think I, don't.
1: You, I think what you did is. Is could be SOP standard operating procedure of how to handle that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean that, the the one thing I just wish I would have got you know their plates beforehand. Then would would never had any idea. Um, but how do you know somebody's going to do that? I guess beforehand.
1: So they're in a the flatbed, so it's not like you could see the deer in the back. What they did is they 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 threw the deer probably in the back seat, right? Yeah. Ford or the skull
2: Captain threw it in the back. Yeah, as oh, a crew they, cab.
1: they. They left the the carcass oh, there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they, all, they just skull capped and got out of there. Wow. Yeah, that's too bad. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, they're gonna
1: get hit for wanton waste. They're gonna get hit for oh, yeah. poaching. I mean, all of, that's why.
2: They were pretty. Yeah, the the CPW was pretty adamant about you know building a a good case and getting them for every possible.
0: And is that a situation where now you can start confiscating the oh, yeah. weapon and maybe maybe the truck, even the vehicle? The vehicle? Yeah.
1: I think what's important though is that. <clears throat> his motives were not to get a reward you didn't even realize that that wasn't even part of your thinking was
2: it no I mean I know I don't think it is you know I don't think anybody that um, I think it's a good incentive but I don't think there's anybody out there that you know I definitely wasn't going through my head but I don't know that it would go through anybody's head I, I mean I just knew that that was the right thing to do I mean I don't want that deer gone
1: well and you didn't you also didn't escalate to where you were going to take matters into your own, own hand and, and, you know, pu- pull a sidearm and hold them for the, <laughs> t- till they came Because, again, you know, now, yeah. now you're escalating it to a situation where you could actually be yeah. putting yourself, number one, in danger. But, number two, you could be breaking some laws there, too, because yeah. you're not a yeah. law enforcement officer. Yeah, the, the, I this think... citizens' arrest thing—I <laughs> mean, it's one thing if it's if if cops are going to be there quick, but the, you know, you you get into a whole another legality <laughs> when you start dealing with—you um, know—it's one thing to protect life and limb, property, your family, things like that. It's another thing to stop somebody uh, a, and hold them when um, it's not a life or death situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I wasn't about to just roll up on them. Like, hey, boys, how'd that go? Make my day, yeah. The make, I don't, I don't the make even, my day
1: law does not
2: apply. to I don't that. even have a pistol, and I don't think my coyote gun was in the truck at the time. I mean, I'm not. I definitely wasn't going to roll right. up there.
1: That's smart. <laughs> well, what can we do as a community of hunters? I mean, is I guess it's we could be we could we could lay the old uh, adage out that you know what the you know poachers are going to poach. But is there an educational point? Is there, a, a, is there something we can do as a community that shifts the focus off? What was the focus in that crime? It was antlers. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was something, some stigma that's attached to large bone, you know. And we've glorified that to a point to where that has become a commodity, you know. And, and, and that's sad.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you change that. I mean, I I love giant mule deer. I mean, but, you know, and I guess, like, I'd like to pick up his shed just as much or, you know, like, his shooting. I'm like, I'm not, I don't know. And I just, I like looking at him, so I don't know. Because I, cause I, I guess I would have that problem, too. Like, I just like big mule deer a lot. And There's nothing you can do to make that, you know... That size of antlers not matter to me, I guess. Yeah,
1: but you like them. Your, your like comes through a, a, a filter of respect.
2: Oh, for sure. Yeah, and I don't know how to...
1: Versus a selfish, I want to own them or I want to ha- possess them.
2: Oh, I wanted to possess possess them.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's different. <laughs> yeah. You're not willing to break the law right. or damage, harm the herd or anything like that. What? Let me ask you this. What if that would have been a doe oh I and, definitely called it in well I know but but think about this and the person was doing it to feed their family
2: see and I, I that gets, that gets bought up, like almost everybody I talk to is like well I'd understand it if it was to feed their family but I don't think that's relevant ever I mean if you have a truck if you have a gun I mean why haven't you you know like why haven't you sold your truck to feed your family? Why haven't you? It's not. I, I don't think that is a relevant argument in this mm, day and age. Okay, that's how. That's how I would hey, look at but, that.
1: But uh, you know, you're gonna get that. No, right? yeah,
2: no. Every almost everybody that I've told that story to was like, "Dang, that's that's horrible." I mean, I'd understand, you know, if it was, you know, to feed their family. But just le- leaving it lay and taking the antlers—it's I mean, still
1: wrong, though.
2: It is. It is. Even wrong, if yeah. you
1: understand it, it's still wrong.
0: It's still wrong. Yeah, but the punishment right. holds. <clears throat> excuse me. The punishment is different. Right. For sure, right? I right. mean we I think we can all realize why oh, yeah. the punishment is different. But you're right, it's still at the core of it. You're breaking the law.
1: Right, right. Right. So the guy that whether or not you know, you're uh we talked about this on 44 a lot. You know, I could have shot that deer. And you know, it, for those of you who, who haven't listened or or uh haven't heard the story, we were in unit 44. We had a really good buck. Um, the fourth rifle came out, and I had grabbed my bow, and he was working toward a fence line that was private. And he was probably, what, 25 yards off, but he mm-hmm. was definitely going that way. And I'm at full draw. He's at 50 yards. It's a shot I can make. And yeah. and, and Tanner whispers, if you shoot him, he's going to jump the fence. And this is a property we don't we, we know we can't get access mm-hmm. to. So if he died just on the other side of the fence, we literally— would have to watch him expire and um so so the the thing is okay well you do that and then you wait till dark and you sneak into that fence five yards and you drag him under the fence mm-hmm. but you're still breaking the law yep absolutely And that's a hard thing to think about because you know we get it i think we met a bunch of people and we told them the story and they're like well <laughs> i would have shot him and then and then when it got dark gone yeah. and got him and I don't think you and I felt comfortable with that.
2: No. Whether we were
1: running a camera or not, I don't think you or I would have would have done that just because of the amount of respect that we have for not just private property boundaries and private property rights, but for the animal. Mm Mm-hmm. So
2: Yeah, no, I think like that situation that's no matter what anybody says, that's very commendable passing on that buck. I mean, that was the buck that everybody was after too that was the buck you know in 44 he's probably 200 inch buck and now i think
1: now if i would have grabbed my rifle yeah it would have been a different story <laughs> because i know i could have a high shoulder shot yeah. at that distance and he's not going to take another step but in the situation we had he came on us and he was in archer you know literally within bow range at 35 yards i think to mm-hmm. be quite honest by the time I, the debacle that was me getting my bow out of the case <laughs> and my my wrist sling or my wrist uh, release on strapped on, which took me quite a while, you know, he was fifty yards away, but he mm-hmm. was uh, he was heading towards private property. So if I pop the balloon, double long, great shot, even a heart shot, he's going to take two bounds and he's going over that fence.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, a good chance, maybe not. Yeah. And you
0: could. Just to take this to another level, you could identify the property boundary visually oh, yeah. by a fence. Yep. Up until recently, until we had things like Onyx, you might might not have had that option. Exactly, right. But really, I mean, now, do you really have an excuse for not knowing where that property boundary is? I mean, it seems like it's so, you know, modern and, why and common. Would, with why every, would we
1: spend 400 bucks on a pair of boots, <clears> 1500 bucks on optics? Twenty five hundred bucks on a rifle, and yet not know where we're at. That's yeah. just that's asinine. Mm-hmm. So, totally agree. So I I think that's the responsibility of us as hunters and as sportsmen. We need to police ourselves, mm-hmm. starting with ourselves. Not I'm not. It's not my job to poli- to police Tanner, but I do think there is uh, a responsibility for us to hold each other accountable.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like, I am I mean, I don't think any of us are going to go hunting with a guy that, you know, we know is, you know, because, I mean, I know that there's guys out there that, you know, he's on, he's two feet on to private, you know, we're long ways from the road. There's, there's some people that will, you know, shoot that, and I just think you can't let that be okay, you know, um, and you can't encourage that, and I don't think any of us are going to you know, hunt with anybody that would do that type of thing. That's, I think that's kind of how it has to be. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I think you talked to Adam, and um, his he's got a, uh, uh, you know, Nebraska, he's got property, and it's right up against some public. And if you walk that, that would be the east, northeast corner of his property, yep. there's tree yep. stands within 20 feet of his fence line mm-hmm. if not right on the edge and he has an issue people shoot a deer and they go on now if you were to get a hold of adam adam would meet you there and help you track that deer. Right. and i know a lot of farmers and ranchers that would agree with that if you give them the respect they're going to help you a good example is nebraska um, Jake shot that buck, and he went on to private. We were able to get a hold of the when owner's... We mule deer hunting. Mule deer hunting, yeah. right. And um, this is uh, another place, yep. not Adam's place, but we and we were able to get a hold of that owner, and that owner said, you may follow that. And we didn't ever... We ran out of blood, but he didn't shoot that deer close to the boundary. But that deer... No, that was
0: a ways away. Yeah, that deer, yeah. he made and, it. And when we went after that deer uh, Jake didn't bring his bow. He's like, I'm not, I I don't ever want to portray that. I'm still in the act of hunting at this point, which I thought was an excellent idea. Like why even in case the landowner rolls by or someone else, why even give them the option to think that? And so I think I thought that was a smart move by Jake. Just go there, follow the blood, look for that specific deer that you hit.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And I, I'm not perfect. Like I remember, um, this has been like two years ago I was looking for elk sheds and up on the Duncan pogre plateau and uh i was i I was near private most of that stuff is fenced up there and uh and i I glassed up a brown like just dropped elk shed just laying out in the grass <clears throat> and uh so I walked down there and i knew I knew I was close to the line um but i thought i was okay and uh so i walked down there and i picked up the antler and i started walking back i'm like well i should i should just check and make sure you know there wasn't a fence i didn't cross any fences blah blah, blah. and i looked and i'm you know standing the shed literally maybe 20 yards onto private and i was like i'm like sitting there holding the shed and it's you know nice brown oak shed i'm like there's no one literally no one around like no one will ever know that this bull even dropped this antler here mm-hmm. like i mean he just dropped it blah, blah blah and like i just i was like i just can't i, I can't, can't do it i can't do it i took mm-hmm. the elk shed and i chucked it further onto onto private and just walked off i'm like oh, that's freaking stupid and I, I told somebody that later and they're like why like why didn't you just they didn't know and I, it just doesn't. I feel right i think we i mean like you said we have to hold ourselves accountable i wasn't shed hunting with anybody i was miles off the road um you know i don't know that they could the private property owners could even access that private um at the time with the snow and everything up higher because you kind of have to come in from the top and i just i was like frick like i I i'm just gonna have to leave this elk shed and it just tore me up inside but
1: well i was in wyoming one time uh, this been 12 years or so, and we had just we were working on developing uh, the Eastman GeoQuad, which was a, a a mapping system that they'd been using in the oil and gas refineries for for years,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and we were making that transition to um, to the hunting application because it had a lot of things that we could we could use, and um, I found a buck and I looked at my my map. I had my laptop in the truck with me and you could hook it up to your GPS and you could see exactly where you're at. And I saw where it came and there was no fences. And came and I said, if I, I can go shoot that buck, if he's in the bottom of this draw. And um, I did. and went down there. Buck actually was on the other side on the upslope. So he was even down off the draw and, and I shot him. And then I, I, I broke him down and I, and I packed him out. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a far pack. Um, and, uh, um, I, you know, I think it ended up taking me three trips. Uh, maybe, uh, yeah, it took me three trips. Third trip, guy shows up in a truck. It's a landowner. And he goes, where'd you shoot that deer? And I took him and I showed him. He said, this is my land. I said, no, it's not. He said, yes, it is i said no it's not (laughs) i said let's go back to my truck i said i have a map um he didn't have a map of course yeah right i said i have a mapping and so i actually where we stood where the gut pile was where i shot the deer i made a a mark Mm -hmm. we went back plugged it in oh okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's and and, and it, he waffled about well that used to be mine and da, 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 like, i get a little confused you know he did that but the but the, the key thing was i was able to prove nowadays it's just your phone you can you know mm-hmm. you can have onyx yeah. on your phone yeah that that would have been a huge deal but you know we still had brick phones back then um <laughs> <laughs> and uh so but i do think it's important and um uh, the ability to to respect that but anyway that's an interesting story that's uh something that i i didn't know <laughs> about uh you didn't tell me about that that's pretty yeah. cool that
2: yeah, um, was interesting for so sure so what
1: needs to follow up will they will they uh call you do you know if they're going to call you to as a witness in the trial or? i i don't know I, that yeah i mean if the guy pleads he, guilty it uh, sounds like he's caught red-handed he's probably gonna plead plead out and there probably won't be a trial
2: yeah i would assume but yeah i don't know she said she would she would uh call me
1: who was what was the officer's name uh
2: natalie i don't know know a lot of those game wardens no she uh she had just she had actually just transferred two weeks earlier from eastern colorado and (laughs) boy talk about a difference in in weather and a oh, difference yeah. in 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 terrain Yep, and uh so that was you know she gets transferred and then all of a sudden gets <laughs> this big poaching case is pretty funny though but she didn't know the area or anything which was which was also uh difficult in 'cause because that's what she's she'd been doing you know is just driving around getting to know her district going out with the other wardens and stuff but when i'm sitting there you know telling her where it's at she doesn't really know um she had kind of an idea but so that was, that was a little bit difficult but it all it all worked out so
1: well that's great and i think every state has their own type of you know anti stop poaching uh uh you know that like the, the i think that's OTG, a great idea uh, yeah operation the game operation thief. Th- game thief and that is a good idea to put that in your phone yeah. because in a situation like that you can um you know if you're out there and you, you're limited service or in a situation where you uh, maybe you don't have good enough service you, you have to have, look it up on the look internet it up, cause cause that's
2: what i was that's that was my problem because i didn't have internet there so i'm like oh crap and then i was like oh i think I have this, so I just went in my contacts and was able to pull it up. So I, yeah, I would recommend that everybody puts that in there. And contact. the other
1: thing you can do, coming from the law enforcement background, is you can also call the local county sheriff's office uh, um, dispatch, mm-hmm. and they'll punch push you through two, um in that situation so if if, if for some reason you couldn't i don't know why you'd have their number and not the you know yeah if you have access to probably the internet enough to pick pull up their number you'd probably be able to get operation game thief or whatever it well, was even if you don't
0: have service if you have their number and you have a garmin inreach or some type of device like that right you just text it i'd
2: assume i don't have one then so then i don't goes, know yeah
0: but. and it would send the gps coordinates right so here's a good it. question
1: is it is that a 911 call is, would you classify that as being pertinent enough for if you a witness
0: poaching? Yeah, of an like animal? in
1: your situation. I mean, that's it, it, would you? I, I don't know. I'm I just asking. I
2: would think not but if that was i mean obviously i know 911 so if i d- couldn't get internet and didn't know the number I, that's probably what i would have cuz i don't know the dispatch number either right so yeah. like hey sorry this isn't really <laughs> life or death but this is the only, yeah i mean i
1: think it's worth it I, I mean i i know the dispatchers that used to work for us when or you work for the, the the city when i was with lc with the Las cruces police department and i know that you know that their job um, was uh, – I mean, that's part of it. They, they dispatched for the ambulance. They dispatched for fire department. They dispatched for uh, – the, the the animal control officer mm-hmm. you know so they have all that at their disposal and literally they could take you and transfer you probably to or give you the number at least mm-hmm. um, you know it's not like you're making a mistake in a situation where you're just too lazy to to look something up and you don't have the you know when you don't have the ability i think that's a i think you're okay
2: yeah for but, sure
1: well cool that's uh that's. I'm glad we uh, sat down and you told us that when you know. I, I think poaching is a problem. I think mm-hmm. it's something that we have as a as a hunting community. It's something that we have to think about. And I, I know that I want to. When I look at another sportsman, I want to. I want to think that that there's good in them, that they don't. They would be one of those people that would have the ethical standard to say, uh, as you talked about, I'm going to leave this shed here. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's what we want. Those are the type of people I want to, to be with. I want to be associated with. Yeah, so and I'm,
2: it's with that. It's kind of hard because I mean, it's not a deer. You're not killing a deer. It's just a shed. But like, where do you, you know? Where, where do, do you, draw, you draw the line? Draw the line. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So, yeah. exactly. Well, good stuff. Good stuff. I am back with an update on the poaching case you just heard about from Tanner. And I'm um, happy to say that there was actually some prosecution. We actually didn't put this podcast out right away because of the fact that it was an open investigation and Tanner's participation in this case actually is what made it. So uh, shout out to Tanner. Shout out to people like Tanner who care uh, enough to do the right thing. And hopefully we can continue with cooperation from other people, other outdoorsmen to catch people that, that do stuff like this, because this is not what we're about. And it's definitely not best. what's best for uh, the sport we love, the heritage we love, and of course, the animals. So to close out, as always, we want to encourage you to find your wild, uh, find what that is, embrace it, go out there, uh, enjoy it. Um, and and seek uh, to do the right thing. Uh, Inspire others to do the right thing. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail.